Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode eight of Middle Age Geeks, where we aim to have chat about movies, games, TV, comics, tech, and everything in between. I'm one of your hosts, Daz, and this is my co-host, Phil. How are you doing, Philly? Pretty good, man. Yeah, it was, it's been a good week. Well, yeah, for the most part, it's been a good week in, in, in Dublin here. Uh, for some parts, not so much. But uh, no, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yourself? I'm very good indeed. Yeah, very good indeed. And I apologize if you can hear a dog barking outside here. I'm renovating my attic studio. So there's a lot of the rafters that are exposed and you can just hear dogs and cars. So I hope hope you don't hear that. Firstly, I guess we'll uh, give a big thanks out to everyone who's been listening and following the podcast and liking the podcast. Uh, The feedback has has been really wonderful as always. This week, what we're going to look into, uh, we'll we'll touch on what we've been playing, and our main review and retro sections this week have been kind of combined into a blood-soaked look through the Mortal Kombat franchise. So we had planned on reviewing Dream Scenario this weekend, or last weekend, but our showing got cancelled because of some crazy riots in Dublin, which was a bit fucking bananas but um yeah the show got cancelled so we had a chat and we just pivoted and expanded on what was going to be our retro game which is mortal kombat 2 we decided we'd maybe look back at some of the movies the good the bad and the awful and uh, some of the games which which range from excellent to there was a few abysmal ones in there also but first before we get into what we've been playing i thought i'd just touch on some game news that um was uh, tickling my fancy during the week uh the game award nominees for 2023 were re- revealed this week and uh, i just love to get phil's opinion on some of the uh the six games which were zelda tears of the kingdom spider-man 2 baldur's gate 3 super mario wonder and resident evil 4 remake how many of them have you played, Phil? Well, I was just thinking as you were going through them, I think the only one, like, I, I actually own two of them that I haven't played yet, which is uh, Alan Wake and Baldur's Gate, because I had Baldur's Gate there, I haven't played it. I got Alan Wake 2 last week, but I've been so busy decorating the house and doing bits and pieces, I haven't been able to give it a proper go, because when I get a new game, I want to go at least four or five hours undisturbed at it, I was like, I can't, I'm going to pick this up. I'm going to get an hour and then I have to run off and do something else. Or I'm playing games in between coats of paint drying. So I, um, I just did a, I just did a, what's it called? A, a new game on, on the higher difficulty on dead space because I can just jump into it, get back out of it, you know? Um, but so obviously I've played Resident Evil 4 before, but I haven't played the remake. Loved Spider-Man, obviously loved Zelda. Um, yeah, interesting to hear what you think about, uh, Resident Evil 4 being put in as a, as a nominee, given that it is a remake of an, an older game. Yeah, like I, I haven't played it and I know it's it's a remake and not a remaster. There is some talk, you know, that they've done enough to the game to allow it to be categorized as a new game. Um, but from what I've seen and what I've played, I've played the demo and it's pretty similar. They've changed some of the controls. I'm sure some some of the late game stuff they have changed, but I think it's a contentious entry when surely there's another game out there that people have put their blood, sweat and tears into. Um, and it's been one of the best years for gaming, um, 2023. Oh, it has. Yeah, and consider, considering it started off as... Well, because we, we said, I think one of the first episodes, how slow it started. Like, it started slow. It like, oh, no, 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 one of these fucking years where we're getting nothing. So it did. It started off slow. We got a couple of remakes to kick the year off, which were quite good. Nothing really, any heavy hitters. And then it was just fucking bam, bam, bam. Banger after banger. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised to see 
Mario in there. Like it's only just come out, and the reviews aren't as stellar as as for other games you've seen throughout the year. Like I mean, Dead Space, the one I'm playing at the moment, that's a remake. I mean, if, if you're gonna allow Resident Evil Four in there, I would say Dead Space remake is absolutely gorgeous. It haven't had one glitch throughout the time of whole time the two playthroughs I've had. It's fucking awesome, and I just think no, I don't personally. I wouldn't put it in. I put it might be in my favorites. Maybe not in in a best game award just because of I don't I don't know if it encourages new IPs and stuff if we're handing awards out to older games like that you know but I loved the game awards I watched the whole thing last year uh, they had Al Pacino come out and do an award like what the fuck is yeah, Al Pacino doing so at the game trippy, awards right? it was bizarre <laughs> um, and then your man whose name Christopher Judge came out looking baller in his fucking gold outfit like and just went off about, I gave him like four hours speech oh it was ridiculous <laughs> like I went I went off took a piss and you know came back and he's still going still fucking talking fuck he was yammering away like if this was the Oscars no one's they would have been him off yeah that's it the Oscars they would have been playing him off like yeah who's gonna go home and take yeah take this fucking six foot five dude off the stage now you're right you, you take your time mate say whatever you want there Kratos yeah. you can have whatever all the time you need like. <laughs> but yeah no, I'll definitely definitely gonna watch him absolutely I mean even just last year I had to Google straight away, just like, what the fuck won it last year? And it was, of course, Elden Ring, but I didn't play it. But I was looking at like, the awards, the nominees last year were Elden Ring, which um, it was an obviously pretty fantastic game from, from all the reviews. God of War, which is another banger. But then they had like Horizon, which was, you know, solid, good. Not one of the best games of the year in my mind. They had Stray, which was, you know, kind of funky little, five, five little long. cat game. Five hour long, five yeah. hour long game. Yeah. Xenoblade and A Plague's Tale, you know, and they're all, you know, decent, decent games. But yeah, it just showcases the uh, the stellar lineup this year. So uh, yeah, the Game Awards, they're on, I think, December 8th at midnight in Ireland. And, you know, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. And just a tiny bit of feedback as well that we had from Martin in Dublin, who was saying he really enjoyed, you said he's a big Trekkie, really enjoyed last year's um, or last week's episode. But he he touched on two things he's he thought we were missing. One was the obvious thing we we realized afterwards, which we didn't touch on Enterprise at all. The show we just completely just fucking skipped it. Sorry, Scott Bakula, you know. But also he mentioned that he had played and and I, when I did my three games that I, I played last week in in the build up to the Trek episode, he was convinced that I would have mentioned uh, Star Trek Voyager Elite Forces. But I replied to him and told him that I played about two minutes of that game because I wasn't much of a PC gamer back in the day. But my friend Dylan from college built me a PC, which uh, just to play Max Payne and Elite Forces. And uh, I took it apart to put in as a graphics card. Or well, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing and put it back together and uh, left out the fan or both fans or something like that and started playing Elite Forces for about 12 minutes and uh, the back of the PC just started to melt and, and that was the end of that. So, yeah, so I never got to play it. <laughs> Fucking disaster. Like, did you uh, did you play it yourself? Yeah, yeah, I had, yeah. I mean, there was, there was two games, Elite Forces 1 and 2. Um, but it was, I, I love them. I mean, first person, first person game like that, I, I love, you know, I'm a massive first person shooter fan. I've just seen that fucking you know, what's a couple of phaser rifle out in front of you and the little fucking dial going up and down, just going around the VC-472 were in it and shit. What I loved is that they had this cool little mechanism. Did you know in games you can be carrying around like a fucking a bazooka, three fucking handguns, machine guns, a machete, a knife, grenades, like you've got everything. You're like, where the fuck are you carrying all this shit? <laughs> so 
what they had in their belt was like a little mini transporter buffer. So like they'd come and take their helmets off and they just put them down and a little thing, they'd get energized and they got stored in this little buffer in their belt. Oh, that's fucking cool. It's just so, just a really elegant way of doing it. So you just take your helmet off, put it down here and it just dematerializes and goes in. That is such a great little idea, isn't it? Transport in the weapon you want. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's such a cool idea. Um, So I really, really like that. They were cool games. I think of there's not really a massive amount of great Star Trek games out there. So they're definitely up there. Like, so I'm surprised that um, you hadn't played them or even that I didn't call it out on the time last week. I, I guess they probably even slipped my mind despite the fact that I had enjoyed them back in the day. But I mean, it is 20 years since I played them. Like I, when we lived in Christchurch, I, I over there set the PC up and we had a friend of ours, um, I won't name and shame, um, who was living with me and he decided to have a go of it, you know, and I'm not sure if he'd played a mouse and keyboard shooter before, but he set it up to play it. And I came, you know, a few hours later, how are you getting on? I was like, I'm fucking flying along. And he was still in the tutorial. I was like, you could you couldn't just skip that. Like, you don't know. First of all, how has it taken you hours to get this far? You were <laughs> fucked when you get into the main game. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, so what else have you uh, been playing and watching this week? Well, as I said, I've been kind of doing my replay of Dead Space. Obviously not as scary the second time around when you know what's coming and you're, you know, kind of prepared. And that I hadn't played it in a few years this time around, you know, so some of it was new, although I did know a lot of what was happening. I knew about the hunter and stuff chasing me, so I kind of knew what I had to do. But um, how how scary does it get? See, I don't know, because, I mean, it depends on the person, you know, like for... I suppose it depends if you're used to playing kind of scary games or stuff or, or watching scary movies, it's not really that scary. You know, Fantas, the odd, like the odd jump scare. I, I like the way they ramp it up, like the the sudden kind of jumps that it gives you. Like you're, it may not be a, an alien coming to get you or anything. It could just be your communicator going off that someone's buzzing in to get you. So the crackle becomes this really loud, and you're walking through a dark corridor and it scares the shit out of you. And little jumps like that, I really appreciate. Or the you're walking into a bathroom looking around there's dead bodies but you're just trying to pick up some loot and all of a sudden the showers just come on you know and it's just that you know and it's just little stuff i really appreciate that it's just you wait because sometimes it happens sometimes it doesn't you know like any sort of horror movie you're wait the camera turns around sometimes there might be something there sometimes it's not and it's i think it's it's cleverly done i like the i'm going back to make sure i have all the collectibles and i've i know i've cleared this area out yet when i go the you know bad guy could come out from wherever now you know and it's good fun. It's I just love the mechanics of just fucking taking limbs off these bastards as you're going around. It's just, it's it's great. It's really good fun. The I I you know what other game I've gone back to, I milled through it, uh, because those games only deserve really to be played through once. But uh, Far Cry Six, I realized I had it downloaded and, and I hadn't played it. Like I still never finished that. Yeah, it's good. Like I'd gotten it through I think the PlayStation Plus or one of the monthly things and uh. I realized it was there. I was like, shit, I remember pretty enjoying that when I played it through the first one a couple of years ago. So I started it back up again and I got bored after about half an hour and <laughs> yeah, yeah, turned yeah. it off. Just, I think you realize that it's like they're big games, they're repetitive games. And it was like, shit, like I've already fucking done this. So that, so my gaming, that's about it. Um, Cause as I said, I've been painting and decorating, so I haven't got a whole lot done, but um, I did start rewatching for anybody who's you know, on Netflix, which I suppose everybody is. Uh, they've added the Batman, the animated series oh, to, wow. uh, to Netflix now, the one. So that's the one from the 90s. If anybody hasn't watched that, that was ahead of its time. Like the themes and everything from that, like the one with the Scarface, you know, the, with the ventriloquist and stuff, like children should not be watching that shit. Like that's dark, real psychological kind of stuff. But that's um, that's really, really good. So I'd highly recommend that. 
uh, if anybody hasn't watched it. Apart from that, I I had to watch the three fucking Mortal Kombat movies for this week's episode, which we'll get into. So that that's that's that, that's me. That's what I've been <laughs> playing, watching. I can't but, uh, wait. I can't wait to listen yeah. to that. <laughs> what about you? Um, I have it to uh, tie in with the episode. I finally have been playing Mortal Kombat One, um, which has been out for quite a while now, maybe maybe a month, six weeks, and it is it's just fantastic. It's it's gorgeous game. It's a a complete reboot of the story, which is very ambitious. Um, where you see characters you know very well, but now in different scenarios, or not scenarios, different uh, relationships and different. Like Raiden is no longer the god of thunder. He's a you know a, a farmer, a farmer with martial arts prowess. But um, Scorpion and Sub Zero are now brothers and on the same side. It's just yeah, it's very interesting. But um, it's so vibrant. It's such crisp 4K, like ec- excellent character models. It's so fluid. It reminds me of uh, when we were talking about Street Fighter a few weeks ago, when I played Street Fighter Six earlier on this year. And just because I'm not really that big into fighters apart from Mortal Kombat. And I kind of bounce in Mortal Kombat games, you know, and play a bit of the story mode, play a bit of online, but I'm, I prefer a kind of couch co-op fighting games. Just I don't like when I can't see the face of someone who beats the shit out of me, you know. But um, it's fantastic. Yeah, the backgrounds are amazing. There's incredible lighting and detail. I've played three hours of the story mode in it. And you have to give kudos to the guys that they they they've put so much emphasis on the story in these last few games. And some of the cutscenes are just fucking phenomenal. Like the acting, the motion capture. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Like as a package, it's fantastic. The, the gore, obviously the, the fucking gore, the fatalities are just, they still, they still teeter on the edge of the fantastically realistic inverted commas and slapstick fucking humor. They're disgusting, but they're they're still, you know, they just still give you a little bit of a chuckle. If they were to go just a slight bit more and, you know, and become a bit more like torture porn or something like that in terms of the visuals, they'd miss the mark completely. I really think you'd be, uh, you'd be thrown off or disgusted, but some of them are fucking phenomenal. <laughs> they're disgusting. Yeah, I watched a video on YouTube of uh, all of the... The fatalities is like 18 minutes long or something, but it was just every single fatality. <laughs> and some of them are just fantastic. Let's move swiftly then on to the movie section. So Phil has been taking a trip down memory lane with these movies. Uh, how did they fare? Especially the early ones. How did they fare 30 years on? Yeah, oh, you know, I feel a certain <laughs> amount of anger towards you that I had to rewatch these and you fucking didn't. I, I had seen the first one, you know, more than most, more than most your average person, because probably like five or six times I've seen the first one. I mean, I'm not some freak that went to see it, you know, 10, 11 times in the cinema. I can't imagine anybody who do that. Does. <laughs> 11 times, baby. Oh, you fucking lunatic. Um. But I, I, so like what I'll do is for this part is I, obviously I'm not going to go massively in depth because there's three movies and we'd be here all bleeding day. So what I'll do is I'll kind of touch on each one. Feel free to jump in as I go along. So the first one that came out in the mid nineties, I think it was 95 or 96, wasn't it? The first one. 95, it's, yeah. 
Yeah, so it's hot on the heels of these games. You know what I mean? So you were expecting a big, huge draw, which for me was a surprise then that there wasn't that there wasn't bigger stars in it, I think. You know, for like you're talking about a huge movie at the time. I mean, when like they made the Street Fighter movie, John Claude Van Damme was in the 90s. He was well, he was a massive action star, but when that came out, Rose Julia was after only for doing like a what's it called? The uh Adam's Family Values and stuff like that. Like they were Kylie Minogue. There's all these people who were big stars. Okay, that's maybe not so much now, but considering Rose Julia's dead, um, <laughs> it's not so much now. Uh, but the 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 I would have expected bigger stars for this, whereas the biggest star was Christopher Lambert. Um, so the movie was directed by Paul W. S. Anderson, who everybody knows him, mostly makes bad movies. I do have a soft spot though for the first Resident Evil movie. And I absolutely love Event Horizon. But apart from that, I think all his movies are garbage. Um, it's a weird one. Like you've got kind of, it's it, it, just to fly through the plot really quick. You've, you've got your main kind of guy who's the main guy in these movies, or main good guy, is Liu Kang. And so he's kind of the first guy really that you meet in it. It's gas. He goes back to China where this thing kicks off. And he goes back and he temp- visits the Temple of Light in China. And all the monks are there and all the rest of it. And they make no attempt to have anybody speak Chinese. Like he's in there in China. He's a Chinese dude. He's surrounded by Chinese monks, his children. It's all, everything, you know, couldn't be more Chinese. Great bunch of lads. And, and they just have it. Just, everybody's just speaking in English. It's like, you fucking pricks. Just, just could you, would have killed you to have that two minute scene in Chinese with some subtitles. Like give the, give the audience some credit. I'm sure they won't mind reading for a couple of minutes of subtitles. But then, you know, fucking Raiden shows up. And Raiden, and again, if you've played the games or if you've seen the other movies, Raiden, again, is a Chinese dude. Big fucking, one of those big old hats. He's Chinese. He's Chinese in the games, all that. He's played by Christopher Lambert, who we mentioned in when we talked about Highlander before. Belgian, is it? <laughs> no, he's French. He's French. He was... Is he French? Yeah, yeah. He's a French dude. And, you know... <laughs> And he's playing this, like he's this kind of this mysterious god of thunder, but he's playing him as this like larger than life guy. He's fucking cracking jokes and he's all this. Like, why is he French? <laughs> why is he French? Yeah, it's like, why is he French? Why is he making jokes? Like, it's it's just... Raiden. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Raiden. It makes no sense. No sense at all. Um, and you're, you get straight in, like you're straight into like the fucking, you, get, you start seeing the VF, VFX for on. They're kind of, meeting all the crew and they're all signing up to join this mortal combat tournament. The idea being that this realm and uh, other, what's it called? Other, other world, outer world, outer world, outworld. Yeah. Yeah. Outworld. Um, so they're trying to fucking uh, take over uh, all the realms and they've, they have to win 10 tournaments in a row and they've won nine. And so now the 10th one is going to be, so they're trying to get all these fighters from the earth realm and hoping they can stop them because otherwise earth will become, you know, destroyed by all these fucking badasses and this bad sorcerer uh, Shang Tsung and his boss uh, Shao Kahn will come in and just ruin the place. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they're doing that and they're trying to round them all up and they all have to do little fights and little scenes and stuff and you're looking at going, I don't know who any of these fuckers are for a start, which is hard to get you drawn in. No one is charismatic bar Johnny Cage. He's pretty cool. The guy who plays Johnny Cage, He's good, cracks a few jokes. He's does a good job, yeah. Yeah, he does. He does a decent job for a guy. That I don't really know if I've seen anything else. He, he does a decent job compared to the rest of them. The one who plays um, Sonya Blade is awful. 
I, I don't like I'm not saying her acting skills are terrible but she's but she's so bad in this like she's just her delivery is terrible it's almost like she's she has to compute each line for a second or two before she says her response you know it's like <laughs> you know, you're waiting very she has kind of this dull dead look on her face and then she kind of goes the way words and she goes oh yeah this response is supposed to be an angry one and then the face turns angry and she says her line like <laughs> jesus christ like you could have could cut it better and saved her like it's just she was awful and, and the visual effects are so bad like if you remember reptile reptile in that is a for the most part of that movie is a fully he's a cg character at the start you know he's this lizard thing and you've seen better effects in movies that would have like you know came out years from years the before 60s. that even you know <laughs> yeah like this has come out three years after jurassic park for fuck's sake you know what i mean like look what we had Terminator that, you know? two, yeah, but yeah. This, yeah this is this is appalling visual effects like and when i tell you how much money this costs then you won't believe it like so yeah so they've done their 10 they're looking to get their 10 tournaments in a row and it's guys raiden's telling they have to get this boat this rickety old boat to the tournament and they're on the boat and Raiden's telling them all, he's like, this is what we have to do. And it's fucking really deep, this really deep French accent for some reason. French God of Thunder. I was trying to make it, yeah, I was trying to make it more serious. It has been turned, turned, And it's just, oh. anyway, he explains the whole thing from top to bottom. He tells them about the tent, he tells them about everything. And then they get off the boat and Johnny Cage turns to Luke Kang and goes, oh, I gotta give up. What's going on? What's going on? He just fucking explained it. We just had an exposition dump on a fucking boat for fucking forever. He just told you the whole thing. <laughs> I give up. What's going on? You just, we just heard it, you fucking lunatic. Uh, oh, God. I couldn't believe that. Man. Uh, I love it. And, and they don't really, they give up. And all, all the bad guys seem to get all the cool powers. Like Shang Tsung can fucking suck out people's souls. And it always seemed like a, just a really unfair fight. Like. Yeah, like Sub Zero has this fucking. He, you know, he can shoot ice. He can, can turn the the moisture in the air into balls of ice and fucking icicles and shit. And then you've got a scorpion who can shoot that thing out of his hand and a rope, and he's setting shit on fire. And then you've got the lads who are just going to throw and kicks and punches. Now, <laughs> the lads. you do get little bits, like you see, kind of you you see a Lucan gets to use the kind of fireball thing towards the end. They don't explain why he can do it but he shoots a little fireball and Johnny Cage does his kind of shadow kick thing, you know, just for a second, Liu Kang does his little jump kick. A couple of things, but nothing compared to what the other lad, the bad guys can do. Yet, of course, the good guys do all the the winning, you know. Um, But, and you know what else actually bugged me was the fucking Mortal Kombat tune. You know the Mortal Kombat tune? It was, it came out for the games, came out for the movie and it's this rave, early rave, not acid fucking rave. And it's in... The opening credits is in the closing credits, and it's in two or three times in the movie they play the fucking theme tune. As in, it screams out like "Mortal Kombat." Do 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 do. I'm like, hang on a fucking second, and then I get on. I'm, I'll get on to the second movie. I get to the second movie, and it's on fucking like three times in that. And then I watch the third movie, and it's on in that twice as well. Like for fuck's sake, how many times do I have to hear this song? I'm gonna be hearing in my fucking sleep. Like, but yeah, they go. I think like the majority of the money of this. Um, I went of this that what it cost. Like it cost twenty million to make, uh, and it made one hundred and twenty-two. So hugely successful because everybody wanted to go and see it. But the budget all went into Goro. Like Goro, if anybody hasn't played the game, he's this big, huge dude. He's got four arms. They did an animatronic suit for him, um, and you know it looks like they spent the entire budget in that because the sets are fucking shite. The special effects are shite. The, act- the actors are shite. You know it's. It, <laughs> Like when Christopher Lambert is your fucking main star of this movie, he shouldn't be like, I don't know if they just didn't trust um, 
they just didn't trust Anderson, you know, with the, with the money or with anything. But I don't know, 20 million should have been enough to make a decent movie. Um, when you consider how much they made, you know, the, the re- or recent one, which has incredible effects. But anyway, they get, they fight. Inevitably, Liu Kang wins. Um, oh, Liu Kang wins. <laughs> and, you know, that's the end of it. And it, it ends. They walk off and they're all laughing and joking because they're back in Earth Realm and they walk into the Temple of Light and Raiden has his arm around the, the survivors. So it's Liu Kang, Johnny Cage, uh, Sonya Blade and Princess Katana. Or it's not Katana, is it? It is Katana? Katana, yeah. yeah. And they're the ones who survive. And Raiden's laughing and he has his arm around. It's like, yeah, yeah, great gang. And they're all laughing and joking. Despite the fact that they've been fucking all nearly tortured and got killed, whatever. They... Yeah. <laughs> they 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 rock up and then next thing Xiao Kang appears the temple blows up and Xiao Kang jumps up and goes ah you think you're getting away with it I'm fucking gonna kill you all and so they all go and they form into this like Power Rangers style pose like <gasps> ready to fight movie cuts out we get that awful fucking theme tune playing now like I'm not get I I didn't bother spoiling before that one and I'm not gonna spoiler before the next one I'm just gonna tell you about it tough shit you can spoiler I'll I'll give you spoiler warning before I go into the third movie but you're not getting any spoilers for these movies because they that came out in the, in the 90s. Um, but the the second one kicks off, and what they try to do is, obviously try to capitalize on the success of the first one, so they pumped 30 million into this one. But what they do is, they want it to be a continuation and to kick off exactly where the first film ended. So it's Temple of Light, same five, same survivors, two girls, the three guys, and Shao Kahn, and we'll kick off, and it'll just be a continuation. So you get a little taster where it, it gives you a little recap from the first movie. You see all the, the characters and then it cuts in to the second movie. I'm like, hang on a second. Out of the five of these characters, three of them have been recast. Three of them are completely yeah. different people. <laughs> Raiden is now played by James Raymer. Um, Johnny, Johnny Cage is played by some other dude I don't know. And Sonya Blade is played by a different actress as well. Johnny Cage gets killed pretty much straight away. Um, but like it's gas. Like Sonya, Sonya Blade is after coming from the first movie, and at the end of it, Shang Tsung has had her dressed in this like leather dress thing, and so she's just got a cloak to cover herself up, and that's how she finishes it. Now, not only is she not wearing that, and she's wearing fully dressed like fucking boots and a tank top, ready to fight. They've cut her hair, so her hair is now completely different as well. Her hair is cut <laughs> down to her shoulder. She's big, long, blowing blonde, blonde hair. But they couldn't even stick a wig on your one on the new actress to match up with the fact that they're saying. This is a continuation from the same one. Change your outfit, change the actress, change the hairdo, and just don't even bother. Like, fuck the audience. Who cares? Fuck you. Like, you're just going to have to. Like, it's so <laughs> insulting and so fucking I can't stupid. believe that cost 30 million. I can't believe Yeah, it. yeah. Uh, like, I wonder how much of it just went on James Raymer. Like, what the fuck are you doing in that movie? James Raymer is fa- he's a fantastic actor. I love him. And everything I see him in, he does tend to star in a lot of shit though as well i don't think he really i think he doesn't really mind to just star in whatever but maybe he saw the money success of the first one and thought this would lead to other projects i don't know but you know i'm I'm crying for him in this because you're like why the lines that they have him saying the story they have him play out for raiden in this movie is fucking shocking like um yeah it's fucking and it's so jarring to have come out of like finish one movie start the what well, should be almost a very continuation of that scene yet three of the actors have changed it was just i don't know i don't know why they changed at least keep johnny cage maybe they killed him off anyway straight away so i guess it doesn't really matter um but like i'd say the budget must have went on james raymer like most at 30 million because 
they couldn't have spent more than a couple of hundred quid on the rest of it. Like it's just it's appalling. The costumes are appalling. It's <laughs> some of the VFX is just not finished. You know what I mean? When they're flying through the air and it's just they re they reshoot or they reuse different elements and different shots all the time. They just flip them horizontally. Some of the green screen stuff is just not even done. <laughs> yes. And they don't even it's, it's hilarious. It's, it's those Power Ranger style fight scenes as well. You know, like someone punches and you don't get to see him, the punch and the connect and the fall and the one thing, you know, in the, in the one shot. They're all three different things. Yeah, yeah. Stitch them together. It's kind of a, it's kind of a punch. And then it's just someone, it's just a screen. The next scene is a screen of just someone diving onto the ground. You know, it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's just used, it's used in different angles. It's, it's so bad. The, the the fucking shitty lighting I have here in this camera in front of me is better than some of the lighting in some of the scenes. Like I can tell you were on a set in someone's garage. Like it's just <laughs> it's completely taken the piss. Like I don't know if your man just pocketed so much of this thirty billion. It, how they got away with it? It was always a conundrum back then because you had and and still to this day, you know, you have that first Mortal Kombat movie is mentioned in most people's if you're talking about you know video game to movie adaptations. It's still there, everyone, and I think it's a nostalgic thing, absolutely, because I've seen it so many times when it came out, and I, but I have probably haven't seen it in about twenty years. But when if I look back at clips and stuff, you're just like, oh yeah, the music and the acting, and it, it's it's pretty like it reviewed pretty terribly, but it just became a cult phenomenon. Oh, and it's fine. Like it's like to watch about like compared to the second one, the first one is an absolute joy to watch. Like I mean, the second one is an abomination. Like yeah, yeah. It's it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Let alone let alone video game movies. It's one of the worst movies I have ever seen in my life. And like, <laughs> it, it's so fucking lazy. The writing's lazy. The acting is terrible. The costumes are shit. One of the women looks like fu- exactly like Rita Repulsa from fucking Power Rangers. Like it's just it's so poor. There's so little explanation as to why why certain things are happening like sub-zero shows up because they want to bring him back in because everybody fucking loves sub-zero brings in the character and and luke can goes you can't be sub-zero i killed sub-zero and your man goes no you killed my brother and then just goes anyway i'm here to say you there's no football like hang on a second he has a brother why are you also called sub-zero why are you wearing the same outfit do you how come you have the same powers <laughs> as him like nothing none of it's explained it's just that was my brother you killed yeah. right let's get on with some shit and they just that's it <laughs> no explanation at all it's and it, like the effects throughout you know again make the first one look like it should win an oscar for you know best special effects the, the second one is so bad they shouldn't if you if you're go, if they're going to be that bad just don't do them like there's a fight towards the end with Liu kang and um shao kan and they both use this thing because they they both in the games they tried to shoe in up the game on fatalities because you had fatalities which are obviously awesome but then they had animalities and babalities and all these things and so they tried to add in the animality into this movie so what's his face lucan goes off to meet i think is it nightwolf is it the one of the characters like a native american kind of dude and he learns his he's going to find his animality from him and so he lucan turns into like a dragon dude shao Kahn turns into a dragon and there's this fight between the two of them and like you'd see better on a kid's TV, fucking morning TV show. You know, it's just, it's so appallingly bad. It's at, like at, worse than a television advert, CG bad. It's just atrocious. Like you, anybody who was ever was involved in that, you should be ashamed of yourself. Like it's fucking, <laughs> it's just, 
It's so bad. Like I, I had to watch this movie in three sittings. I couldn't watch it all in one go. I, I watched like fucking half an hour ago. I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't take any more of this. I turned it off and I watched <laughs> something else. And then I came back. Yeah, came. It was yeah, yeah, yesterday. I came back, watched another half hour, stopped and played a video game, did a bit of painting, came back and watched the rest of it. Like it was just, I had to watch it in three sittings because I was genuinely having a physical and emotional reaction to the movie. Like this is making me upset sitting here watching it. It's so, so bad. Like. And it's shocking that it's going in parallel with the game series that is going from strength to strength. Movie, first movie's good. And then it's not that they just dipped in quality, like you're saying with Resident Evil, where the first movie's kind of okay, and then they kind of just, yeah, meander out of control. But this was the follow-up to the smash hit. And, like, shit in the bed doesn't even cover it. It's just like, what the fuck are you doing? Who's responsible for this? And I killed that side of the franchise for fucking almost two decades, like. Surprisingly, it made 51 million. Like, it wasn't far from, like, it because back then, as you said, in the last, in the last, or the season before, episode before, last episode, there wasn't, there wasn't much of a focus on your advertising budget like there is now, where you're looking at nearly having to double your money to break even, you know, um, Whereas then, like, they probably actually made some money off this. I don't even think I saw it in the cinema. I think I, yeah, saw it on a fucking VHS or something. It just, it was probably in the cinema for about two days, like. I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. Like, this is, if we went, like, talk about recommendations, check out the first one, it's a bit of crack. Do not watch this one. Don't let your friends watch it. If anybody says, yeah, it should be called Mortal Kombat Abomination. It's fucking shocking. Don't let your friends watch it. Don't let your family watch it. It's, it's. What you look like if you watch this is like what people's faces look like after they watch that movie in the ring. You know, that's that's probably what my face looked like. Just horror. Just it was I can't say enough bad things about that movie. Don't do not watch it. Um so yeah, as you said, th- we got nothing now. We got zero movies for fucking years. The latest, the one that just came out was the latest one is 2021. So I'm just gonna start talking about that. Spoilers uh, coming up because this one is on Netflix and you can watch it at the moment. And it actually is a bit of crack. There's some good parts in it, which I'll touch on in a bit. So if you if you don't, I mean, I'm, there's not much of a story to these movies. So if you want to sit through it, you'll probably still enjoy it if you want to listen. Um, or you can skip to Daz's next section if you want. But uh, the, the third one, as I said, we, we had to wait until 2021 to get another movie. And in between, yeah, there was some small screen stuff, you know, Mortal Kombat Legacy and I don't know what the other one was called. But there was a couple of small series. One of them was done quite well. You know, it's a lot of it was just seemed almost like it was very fan made, small studio stuff. You weren't getting, but then when word of this came out and that it was going to be orated, um, you know, with gore and all the rest, it was like, okay, this could be fucking cool because, yeah, even your shitty video games that don't, if it doesn't do well, like a bad Mortal Kombat game or a bad video game in general, if the gore is done well, can be a bit of fun. You know, like some of the Dead Island games with loads of zombies. Yeah, I mean the games themselves aren't amazing, but when you're fucking beating a zombie's head in with a cricket bat or something and the animation and it feels really good it can add a lot to the game so i thought well fuck it like even if they don't do a great job the fact that we're getting gore and stuff it could be it could be decent and this one starts off incredible like if the if the movie the opening part of it before the credits was the same caliber for the rest of the movie we're talking incredible I would like the next movie to just be a prequel. Yeah, it would be an absolute classic. Yeah, Yeah, so it it kicks off in like Japan in the early 1600s, and you've got uh, Hiroyuki. uh, I always get his name wrong. uh, Hiroyuki Sanada, who is um, he's in everything. He's he's amazing. He's amazing. Basically, if you think if I said you know that Japanese actor that's in everything, like he's just he's in so much stuff. Um, 
he's in fucking uh, uh, Endgame, which is great. I'm delighted he got to be in a Marvel movie. He's in Life. He's in Lost. He's in fucking everything. He's a he's a fantastic, fantastic actor. And incredibly, in this movie, he was 61 in this movie. Fuck off. Motherfucker looks like he's in his 40s. 61 he was in this movie. Yeah, he's born in 1960. He's he's fucking incredible. He's doing all his own stunts and he's kicking ass. Um, But it starts off with him in the 1600s and like this is what they should have done in the first Mortal Kombat movie. It's ancient Japan, so they're all fucking speaking Japanese. Thank you. That's what should be happening. You know, we just... Have the whole Annie Hunt there on scene. He's speaking Japanese, and 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 that's what it is. He speaks Japanese throughout the movie. Perfect. And so he's gone off. He's you see him there. He's got his wife. He's got his kid. He's got his baby, and he's going off to get uh, food or water or whatever. And while he's gone, uh, Joe Taslim, uh, who is in like the raid and stuff, he's an Indonesian martial artist actor. He's awesome. He shows up and he's um he he's sub zero in it, uh, and he shows up and he just starts, he just starts killing people and he. He ends up. He, his plan is to end um, Sonata's time or like bloodline. So he shows up and he fucking kills the wife, kills what he thinks is the only kid. But at this stage, the wife has got the baby and hid her under the floorboards. So when um, Sonata comes back and the two of them have a fight, and Sub Zero ends up getting the the better of him, and he stabs him and leaves him for dead, and we just see him kind of crawling back to uh to his child he hears the child crying and he's not dead but he crawls back and he just just makes it to the door so yeah succumbs to his injuries he dies and then he kind of gets wrapped up in flames and he disappears or he's getting pulled into hell or whatever and then raiden comes down out of the sky like a goddamn badass just electricity comes down and raiden appears and he goes in and he picks the child and he just fucking takes her off into the other realm or whatever um but raiden Played by an Asian dude, fucking, you know, it's not that much to ask, you know, and um, and and it's great. All the, the all the Asian characters in the games are played by uh, Asian actors, which is you know fucking perfect. Kung Lao, the whole lot, they're all played by Asian actors, which is deadly. Um, so yeah, the, the fight they have is fucking badass. Like the choreography in that opening credit scene of the two of them fighting is incredible. You know, so much fucking cool hand to hand before. Uh, and Ada goes and finds Sub-Zero he finds a shuriken like a blade thing ties up in a knife and he's has it on the end of a rope and he's used that as a weapon he's fucking chopping fucking people's heads off with it it's just it's so well done choreography is out of this world and that whole opening thing before the credits is incredible unfortunately that is the best part of the movie those opening few minutes set up what is a decent enough movie but it sets up an incredible movie that but they don't set up the movie you you think you're getting yeah 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 that that's it that's that's pretty much exactly it like we've talked before it's writing a check that the rest of the movie doesn't cash um like i i don't i because i haven't been keeping up with the games like we were introduced to a a guy very early on in it who's kind of our main character a guy called cole young who uh, has nothing to do with the game whatsoever that's what i was going to ask because i like i I, ha- I dropped out of the games like i've 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 seen him he was in deadpool 2 he played shatterstar in deadpool 2 um i've seen him in i've seen him in a couple of things um iron fist and stuff good actor but not a great role i didn't think there was a whole lot to him really it didn't he wasn't very appealing to be honest but i wondered if maybe 
he was tying into a game or something. But even his power is shit. Like, you know, they go on and they have to unlock their powers. And his he just seems to get his ass kicked. He's a fighter who just gets his ass kicked the whole time. Um, Like at the start, he, he gets his ass kicked in the ring because he's a fighter. He goes out and he meets Jax. Um, and Jax notices and says, here, I know she's got a birthmark. And all these fighters who were chosen to fight in the tournament have a birthmark in the shape of the Mortal Kombat dragon symbol thing. Of course, he doesn't know that's what it is. He just thinks it's a birthmark. But Jax ends up saving him because um, what's-his-face turns up. Uh, Sub-Zero turns up to try and kill him. I don't know if Sub-Zero at this point knows that this guy is a descendant of Sanada. I don't know if he knows at this point, but anyway, he comes down to, he's basically trying to wipe, they're trying to wipe out all the fighters before the tournament even happens, you know? Like, Jax comes in and fucking saves him pretty much straight away. He's just not, he's just not an endearing character. He's supposed to be our main character. And from the very start, you're kind of like, this guy just gets his ass kicked and runs away. You can see what they're trying to do. And they want to make, like, the director said he wanted to create a character that, you know, the audience could relate to. So they just, he invented a character. Like, people have been crying out for fucking another movie on this on this franchise however crazy the story is um to just give it um the justice that they think it it deserves and then they just create this guy and he's he's boring he's not charismatic he's he's not he's very uninteresting character as you said it's kind of shitty powers just they want to make him the underdog and he just gets his ass kicked all the time but I just don't give a fuck about this guy because I want to see everyone else from Mortal Kombat not this guy that you've made up so that I care. It's the exact opposite to what they wanted. You know, I don't give a shit about him. Just go with Liu Kang again or or tell the Scorpion story with fucking Hiroki. Like, fuck me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I would love they did that for another movie. Just give us a whole back. Yeah. But yeah, like the, the movie kind of goes along at an okay pace. I mean, the way you get introduced to the characters is kind of cool. Like, you, you know, Jax in the games has big robot arms. So in this, Sub Zero freezes Jax's arms and then smashes them off, you know, and it's fucking gory and cool looking. And, you know, you're getting, you get to meet them then one by one. Like Johnny Cage isn't in this one. Um, Johnny Cage is getting played by Carl Urban in the sequel, uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, like you kind of meet them. You, 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 at around the same time, you meet uh, Sonya and you meet Kano at the same time. Kano, by far the best character in the movie. Now, don't get me wrong, Sub Zero and Scorpion are badasses, but. Kano gets all the best lines. He is he's hilarious as shit. The actor who's playing him nails nails the role. You know, it's he's fucking he's really funny. He's vicious. He's having such a ball. He's having a blast. He's just this Australian dude and he's just hamming it up and he's just having so much fun with it. His you know he's he has so many like zingers and so and because it's already he's cursing, he's violent as fuck. He is really really good in it. He has some absolutely quality lines. Um like as they're all getting to do their, they're all getting rounded up by Raiden and stuff to get their, their powers and you have to unlock them, you know? And so they go to Raiden's temple and they meet, uh, uh, what's his name? Liu Kang and Kung Lao. And they're trying to get and tell them how you can, this is how you unlock your power. I can't remember what they call it. This is how you unlock your power. And eventually they're whining, he's whining Kano up and Kano at the start was talking about what kind of wondering what kind of powers he's going to get, but he's whining Kano up and Kano gets so angry. And finally a laser beam shoots out of his eyes and he goes, Holy shit. Is that it? I'm after getting my fucking power. He goes lazy. He turns to Liu Kang and he goes laser beams. He goes better than fireballs. You pussy. It's fucking the way he fucking <laughs> delivers it is just perfect. Better than fireballs. You pussy. Um, and it's just, it's, he gets, he's just fantastic. Um, and like, 
you know, it's you, what's it called? They're all good actors for the most part. I don't really have an issue with anybody in it. It's just that it's it's no it's nowhere near the same tone. You know, if if the, the tone of the start because it really stays with you that intro. You know, it's only five minutes long, but it stays with you, and the tone is not is completely different. It starts drifting more towards the tone of the first game. You know, they're in this big ass kind of temple area. They have to do different fights. And the death scenes are cool. You know, one like Cabal comes into it, he gets set on fire. What's her face, Natara, when she gets split in half, like Kung Lao throws his hat in the ground and it starts spinning around like a blade and he saws her straight in half. And that's really cool. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's so there's not enough time maybe given to some. I would like to see an actual fight involving Shang Tsung. Um, like he sucks out the soul of you know, Kung Lao and kills him, but he doesn't get any fight scenes. Um, Goro gets taken down by our guy Cole Young, Cole, Cole Young. Like he finds out that his power basically is like um, Black Panther's suit, you know, in fucking Marvel. It can absorb all these hits. Yeah, so he gets a couple of these weird, you know, like golden nightsticks and he basically has a golden Under Armour top on. And But he fights Zoro, uh, Goro, who is like, and that was he like a couple of thousand years old. He's this big ass fucking monster from another dimension with four arms. He fucking kills him. Zero hassle. The minute he gets his power, chops his hand off, cuts his guts out, stabs him straight through the head. That's it. Goro's dead. And a piece of piss to him. And it's just a hang on a second. This guy's been getting his ass kicked the whole movie. And all of a sudden, he's taking down this fucking interdimensional warlord, prince of darkness, badass, forearm looking <laughs> dude. Nah, yeah, yeah. Not for me. Um, <laughs> but Goro was completely a CGI character. Maybe that's why they didn't want to spend too much money by having him in it any longer, you know? Um, but yeah, the, like the rest, yeah, the rest of the movie it plays it as you as you'd imagined it would. You know, it's just each character kind of ta- end up taking on a different bad guy, um, and eventually Sub Zero is fighting against Cole Young, who is the descendant of you know Sonata that he killed at the start, and then he comes back. That he, he Raiden gives him the blade that he had taken from him as he was dying, and so if, with that blood and with Cole Young's blood, um. Raiden ends up coming back from the hell to fight Sub-Zero. And we get this badass fight between uh, Sonata, who is now reborn and calls himself Scorpion. So Scorpion and Sub-Zero fight to the death. And it's fucking awesome. Really, really cool fight. It's all The whole place is all iced up because Sub-Zero is iced the place up. And so the, the scenery looks cool. Um, and yeah, really cool fight. And yeah, like it kind of it ends up, of course, with them winning. Scorpion goes back to hell. Shang Tsung comes in and before Raiden banishes him, he goes, oh, you know, death is only one plane. You know, they're not basically saying these guys will be back because he turns Goro and Sub-Zero into smoke and they disappear. It's like, okay, they're, yeah, they're they're obviously going back on the next movie. And it kind of ends with them saying there's going to be another tournament or it's not the end fight. We need to get more fighters. And you see uh, Cole in the gym and he's talking about he has to go to Hollywood. He's like, Hollywood? What the hell's in Hollywood? And then off he goes, and you just see a poster, a movie poster, and it's for Johnny Cage. You're like, okay, cool. Johnny Cage is going to be the next one. Like I said, it's the debt, the or rating saves this because, like, Sonya fucking snaps a neck. She uses her sonic fucking bracelet power things to blow a hole straight through. Uh, Melina just got like a whole fucking hole straight through her chest and out, out the back of her so you can see her spine. The tower getting cut in half. What's his face? Kano dies when Sonya fucking stabs him through the eye with a garden gnome. You know, it's there's there's the O rating saves it because it's really really cool, really really cool deaths 
Um, but again, it's, it's not a great movie, you know, and it, it, it only did okay money wise. Like it was, it cost 55, made 84. Um, so it did reasonably well. Hopefully, hopefully the fact that it's been streaming on most p- platforms at this point that, you know, maybe there'll be more hype for the second movie. Um, but definitely it's, it's entertaining. Yeah. Like it's entertaining to watch. Like even, like, even though you might've feel like I've ruined it for you now, if you've listened to that, it's worth it for just as some of the stuff I talked about for the guy who plays Kano's performance, um, for the gore, just for some of the, the touches, the nods to the games without fucking needing to do animalities or any of this kind of stuff. Like they throw in some lines like flawless victory and Kano wins. There's little It gives you so much kind of giddy moments as as fans of the games where he just like ticks a lot of those boxes. Where you're just like, ah, you know, that that's what I'm here for. But still three star kind of schlock when you're yeah. When it just could be better. It's not because it's a video game that, you know, we're uh, hampered by the video game to movie ad- adaptation kind of uh, history or tropes regarding this story. Like you can still do it justice. You can still, from a storytelling point of view, just make a better fucking movie. Write it better. Like some of the some of the fight scenes for me, like the, the end one with um, Scorpion Sub-Zero is just fantastic. It's so badass. But a lot of that is is down to the two guys, how they shot that scene differently than the rest of the movie and the location, obviously lends the choreography fantastically but some of the other fights it i just think they're over edited a lot of the time when you know you're coming off the back of films like the raid where these people are obviously martial artists and very good at what they do so just choreograph you know 20 seconds or something and just let them do it you don't need to cut every punch like some of the sequences you know so much coverage it's like they had fucking 12 cameras on that they want to show that see plus the main fights that we saw that looked really well are both by as you said are actors that are martial artists so you know the, the sub-zero and scorpion fights the one to start the one at the end are the two best fights in it whereas when Jax is fighting sub-zero Jax is an actor who's done some training for the movie sonya blade is fighting your man who plays kano they're just doing the fight choreography that's being taught to them and you can tell that these are supposed to be fighters that are like the best of the best of the best but the gulf in quality, the gulf of what they are able to do compared to the people who are actually trained is massive. So you can't really say, you're trying to sell us these camp, these are champions of, these are going to be the champions of Earthrealm that are going to save everybody when you can tell the difference in the quality of the fighting and the choreography is so out of step, if you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It really took me out of it um, at points um, because going back to that 1995 movie, and everything that I'm saying now is in the 1995 movie, but I fucking loved it back then because it was the MTV generation and it was just, oh, look at that, quick cuts, bang, 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 bang. But looking back to that movie, what you took out of it was, oh my God, Johnny Cage fought Scorpion and the fucking, like, the choreography was amazing. And you look you look back and it's it's not. They're just doing, like, they both just are doing spinning roundhouses at each other and not connecting, but it's it's edited with about 56 fucking thousand cuts so you just get a sense of oh this is this is so fucking cool and it's probably the same take just played five or six times but that just that kind of stuff just doesn't translate well for me and like in modern day martial arts it's just it's not good enough when you are bookending the movie with two spectacular um showcases of uh, martial arts prowess essentially like it's perfectly fine to start and end your movie fantastically that's happy days it's a good structure to have but to let the majority of it, apart from fan service and some really funny one-liners and Kano's performance, 
apart from that, everything else is just falling. And a, and a main protagonist that you just couldn't give a shit about and doesn't even exist in the Mortal Kombat lore. That that middle one hour and thirty minutes or whatever is just it's a little bit eh, yeah, this is this is fun, but where's the movie you promised me, you fuckers, in that first five minutes? It was like I won't go on too much more about these movies, but it, it was it was a terrible choice to put your man Cole Young in. Like if they if they were to make a movie about say Street Fighter tomorrow, like a newer one, upgrade movie, and they said, Okay, you know, it's we have you know, you like Ryu, you like Ken, you like all these guys. We've just got, instead of that, we're focusing on this new guy called fucking Paddy McGinty from down the road and he's fucking whatever. And they're throwing this random lad in and people are like, who the fuck is this guy? Why is he the main actor? Why is he in all the posters? Why is the story about him? Why can't the story be about, why, like, do like you did in the first one. Have the story about Liu Kang. Liu Kang is fine in this one. Played by a young actor. I don't think I've seen him in anything before, but he's a martial artist. He's bad. Yeah, he's cool. Just have that story again. We're doing a reboot anyway. Just have it from Liu Kang. We don't need... We do not need your man at all. His story is inconsequential. We don't need him. Just think of another way of getting Scorpion back into it. You don't don't need him at all. But yeah, look, I, I won't. I'll, I'll leave it at that because I don't want to go on too much about them. I, I'm if for people who listen to it. Sorry for absolutely breezing through, but we tried to squeeze three movies into uh, into one segment. There's a lot. Um, but yeah, yeah, I would say first one. You know, I wouldn't say I'm against you watching it. Second one, do not watch under any circumstances. Third one, give it a watch because the the new one might be coming out and it could be decent. And as I said, it's got enough to keep you entertained. It's on Netflix, so it won't cost you anything. It's relatively short. Um, so yeah. So with that section out of the way, I think we'll pass you on over now for to Daz for our retro corner, and he'll take you through some more gory Mortal Kombat goodness. Thanks, Phil. So yeah, our retro game this week is Mortal Kombat 2, the second installment of the fighting behemoth. Um, it followed on from Mortal Kombat 1 success, but Mortal Kombat 1 was always in the shadow of Street Fighter. Um, always for many years, even even following Mortal Kombat 2. But they they um they released Mortal Kombat 2 in arcades in 1993. It was developed by Ed Boon, John Tobias and produced by Midway and then acclaimed for the home versions. I'll set the scene <laughs> for the game, which uh, is probably the same as the movies. But following on from his failure to defeat Liu Kang in the previous Mortal Kombat tournament, the evil Shang Tsung begs his master Shao Kahn to spare his life and says that if they bring the tournament to Outworld, then the Earthworm, Earthrealm's warriors must travel away from home to attend and... This is all a dastardly plan, and Raiden agrees and takes his warriors to As- to Outworld. Um, the new tournament is much more dangerous as Shao Kahn now has home field advantage, blah, blah, blah. But I mentioned that narrative because we touched on earlier on. In these games, and in fighting games in general, I think you'd agree, Phil, that, that narratives, that they're always, they're threadbare. They're just put there to give you some idea or some reason for being in this fight with this other person in this location at any given time yeah it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty much what they did with the fucking movies to be honest yeah. <laughs> you know I, mean? I remember the first time i walked into um an arcade in 1993 i think it was 1993 or 94 over here i just moved up to dublin walked into an arcade and saw just saw this big fucking crazy black arcade box and don't know if you remember the box art where it just has raiden just standing there uh, hand raised casting a lightning 
bolt into the stormy skies above him and it just says Mortal Kombat 2. And you're just like, oh, fuck yes. <laughs> yes, please give me some of that. It's probably the, the game that I played probably the most in the arcade, apart from Daytona USA back then. But I used to regularly go on the hop from school and go in there at nine o'clock in the morning and stay there for eight hours playing this fucking thing. It's just, and you know, back then it was 20 pence to play a game. You know what I mean? It's, one run through this game could take you 20 minutes, you know, in an arcade. So 20 pence for 20 minutes is fucking fantastic. Um, cheapest chips compared to now. And following on from that, the, uh, the game released on the SNES in September 1994. And just the thought and the build-up to this game that you had been playing in, our, in an arcade, that you had to go somewhere to play, that it was going to be in your living room, in your sitting room, was mind-blowing. You know, as a 14, 15-year-old kid, that was just bananas. So the second game just upped the ante on the first game pretty much in every um, every aspect. Character-wise, we had Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Raiden, Liu Kang, Kung Lao, Reptile, Jax, Baraka, Shang Tsung, Johnny Cage... Melina and Katana. Kano and Sonya, unfortunately, were dropped. And I read this, that they were the most unpopular from the first game, which I can understand Sonya. She kind of played like, she was pretty shit, but I would have thought Kano was a fan favorite, but apparently not. Do you remember playing the the game in arcades at all, or was it on consoles? For me, it was pretty much consoles only. I played, uh, yeah, I, I didn't, I don't, I'm not even sure if I played, uh, if I played that game in the arcade at all, like the arcade closest one to me is, you know, it's probably maybe 20 minutes away, 20 minute walk, but it's, I don't think I played this while I was there. I think this would have been just one I played on Mega Drive. You know, I had a Mega Drive at that point, so wasn't playing it on the SNES because there was no fucking blood in the Super Nintendo games, if you remember that. Remember that you had to use a cheat code to unlock the blood. Um, so yeah, I was playing, I played my Mortal Kombat games on the Mega Drive. I remember a guy across the road got it first and we were, yeah, going playing two player and just oh the fun. Like see after coming like Street Fighter is incredible. Fighting games in general, I love them. Fatal Fury, I was a big fan. I've grown out of them as I've gotten older. But when I was younger, they were my bread and butter, you know. And playing this game, they've upped the ante with the fatalities and stuff. Like my guy in, in the second one was Baraka, like fucking blades on his hands, big huge fucking spiky teeth. He was lethal looking. Um yeah, really, really cool game. Great sequel. Like, obviously, when it came to consoles, it was fantastic, but it's the only game I played in an arcade and actually finished. Because a lot of games, you know, they're just racing games or football games. But with this, you know, you're going up the 12 tiers of people you're fighting, and then you're fighting the two bosses. It probably shows how, how little I went to school in those few months. <laughs> I just went, it played so much that uh, you'd get to a point and you'd be on the final boss, and you'd have a little crowd around you, you know what I mean? It was just fucking cool. You're just going, oh, fucking deadly, you and I remember beating, first time I beat him and uh, yeah, I get a little round, round of applause. I'm just like 15, just going, this is fucking badass. But there was a guy on the uh, on the leaderboard that every time, um, if I beat it, you'd put in like DAZ. But it was always um, putting that in above someone else and it was STE. And it was just obviously some guy called Steve. And I never met this guy. But every time I'd come in, his name would be up again on, that, on the leaderboard. And I'd come in, play it and take his name off. So if you're out there, Steve, <laughs> it's uh, it just one of those mad things. You're just like, I would love to beat this fucking guy. But yeah, the game, as you say, as you were saying, they're built on everything from MK1. And like, I never had a Sega. So when the first Mortal Kombat came out, 
um, where the blood was, you know, changed to grey sweat. It was just such a disappointment. And Sub Zero's fatality just wasn't really in the game. It wasn't. Yeah, he just out turned someone's ice. Yeah. That was it. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, oh, and just punched them or something. It's just, oh, it's fucking rubbish. So when this game was coming out, Nintendo, for the first time probably in their lives ever, listened to you know the backlash and saw that it didn't sell as well as MK1 on, on Sega platforms. So they uh, changed their whole kind of guidelines and said, fuck it, we'll allow blood and gore in this one, which was like, yes, fucking thank you, Christ. Yeah, the characters were quicker. The gore was intensified. For the second game, you had two fatalities, which just, yeah, fantastic. You had three stage fatalities. You know, uppercutting someone into fucking like an acid pool or off the the pit, or you can uppercut them into spikes on the on the ceiling. And if you uppercutted them on into spikes on the ceiling, if you held down on the controller, one of those cool things, slid off, stay, and, it? as it said, fatalities slowly fl- uh, slowly sliding off the spikes. But yeah, the fatalities were were pretty fantastic. Um, yeah, your your guy Baraka just slicing someone's head off, decapitating someone. Jack's pulling people's arms off. Hung Lao, as we were saying in the movie, just slicing someone down the middle. And even in 16-bit graphics, that's pretty fucking disgusting when you see that happening. And they added in the Bay Balladies this time. You can turn Raiden or Brack into a little baby. And it's for anyone who had a bit of love in their heart, you know. That's all well and good, but not me. I'm, I'm all for ripping your fucking head off. <laughs> when playing these games. Like. But they also added Friendships, which was uh, another funny little thing where... I don't know if they were just playing up to um, the censors because I think it was this game that started the whole uh, game age censorship and game age ratings over in, in America. So they had friendships where Kung Lao would, you know, take a rabbit out of a hat and Baraka would give you a little gift and Johnny uh, Johnny Cage give a little autograph. It was fucking great. Um, in terms of sales in this game, it was an enormous success and uh, became pretty much a cultural phenomenon. The first week of the console was, uh, the console release in 1994 made, I think they said it was like 50 or $51 million, which at the time was uh, the largest introduction of a video game in history. So that really cemented and etched it into gaming history and thus followed 30 years of games, which ranged from good, great, and uh, a couple of misfires. I'll touch on a few. Um, in 1995, Mortal Kombat 3 came out. And Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 then came out about three months later, a new updated version. Then, uh, do you remember playing Mortal Kombat Mythologies? Sub-Zero? No. Do you remember the one where they did no. a standalone game where you just play a Sub-Zero and it's a platformer? And it's fucking... Oh, man, it's so, so bad. Like, they were on such an amazing run of, like, banger after banger after banger. They went down a different path and said, you know what, people want a platformer playing a Sub-Zero where it's like, a, you know... Just a, like a, a side-scrolling platformer, like like those turtle games we were playing, and ah, oh, just it was abysmal, absolutely abysmal. But they picked up things then with Mortal Kombat 4, 1997, and that's the game that in college I probably have played about five thousand rounds of that, easy, easy in that year alone. Was Mortal Kombat was Mortal Kombat 4 the one with the incredible ad campaign? Do you remember there was one and I showed people like walk along just doing their thing? And someone will say walk down a set of stairs and they put their hand on the handrail. And as they walk along, it left a blood trail behind in the handrail or someone's waiting in the bus and their hat's the oh, blood stop. Was, and yeah. as they get off the bus and left behind a bloody handprint. And it was just this, people going around their day and it's just that you've got blood just in your like, hands, you know? And it just, it was just so <laughs> simple and so stuff. And then, you know, Mortal Kombat 4 or whatever. I'm pretty sure it was the fourth one. Um, and it was such a simple 
ad campaign that you would not get away with now in a million years. That's brilliant. Um, yeah. But it was so well done, so slick. I'm going to see if I can find that on YouTube. If you have it, if you anybody's listening, have, see if you can look it up because it was so fucking cool. Because I remember, yeah, Mortal Kombat 4, I think it came out in 1997 in America. We were touching on it a few episodes ago about the disparity in release windows. So this game was out and reading magazines about reviews about this game, but it wasn't, it was nowhere to be seen in Europe for another like eight or nine months. So I asked my mom nicely, would she, uh, be able, can I buy something, you know, from a magazine? <laughs> There's a number on the, like the <laughs> pre-internet number on the back of a fucking gaming magazine, like call this number if you want to buy this game. And I just rang them up and got my mom's credit card and, <laughs> some guy on a phone somewhere he's sitting in the dark in his underwear just like yeah okay yeah, what is it <laughs> Mortal Kombat 4 and you got it with the uh, with their action replay things you know the cartridge that would play an NTSC American thing but also had cheats and stuff in it so I remember uh, ordering that but sure then there's no fucking tracking data like I hadn't a clue when this fucking thing was going to arrive I think it was like seven weeks later package arrives with Mortal Kombat fuck it was Mortal Kombat 4 uh, and I remember yeah playing that to absolute shit for about for a good good few years like myself and dylan when we were in college he used to pick raiden i'd pick scorpion and we'd easily play about 200 fights in a session just the same two over and over and over and over so if he's watching uh yeah you're gonna win sometime dylan i think it was uh, <laughs> six and a half thousand to zero <laughs> um but anyway yeah following on from that um yeah, there was more comic gold, and then in the two thousands they went down the route of trying to make it fully, fully three D, a la Virtua Fighter, and this is where it kind of stumbled for a while. We played a few of these games in um, in your place once. Like there was Deadly Alliance, there was more common Deception, and Armageddon. Yeah, it just it just started to stumble. They were trying new things with every iteration, and this one was just it was fully three D, and you could kind of strafe around each other, which just yeah, I just took it. Mortal Kombat just doesn't work that well in a 3D environment like that. But then, did you ever play Shaolin Monks? Is it the one I play with you? Where it's Liu Kang and Kung Lao? And it's a two-player. People have been crying, crying for a sequel to this game for nigh on 20 years now. It was just like a like a, a top, like kind of a top-down um, action-adventure game where it's just two-player going around just fireballs and throwing hats and just kicking the shit out of, yeah, shitloads of people absolutely fantastic so yeah ed boone get on it and get us a sequel to that one and then yeah there was armageddon in 2006 that wasn't received entirely well so there was a bit of a lull then until 2011 when mortal kombat 9 but it was just titled mortal kombat and that was the one that was a soft reboot and they went back to the 3d models but 2d action and that's when they started implementing the story mode which they obviously took a five-year kind of break to really up the ante in terms of their mythology and lore, which they would always tell throughout the games. But again, it's hard to keep up with. And it's a fighting game. You're kind of going like, do I really give a shit about the story? And this time they put a story mode in, maybe about eight to 10 hours, but it gives you a perfect run through of different characters, what they're doing. Like basically the best version of the movie you've ever seen, which is uh, fucking amazing. Like really, really, really good. And it was received incredibly well. Four years later, and they brought out Mortal Kombat 10, Mortal Kombat X. Again, incredibly well received with another fantastic uh, fantastic storyline and story mode. And then 
Mortal Kombat 11 came out in 2019 and was probably the series the series' best game to date. Um, and it ends with our beloved Liu Kang, you know, becoming a fire god. And it almost, it ends with what seems like an end to 30 years of a timeline. You know, they've just defeated everyone. They're fighting this. The boss is Kronika. She controls time and really, really trippy shit. And Liu Kang defeats her, Raiden turns him into a fire god, and you're just going, where the fuck are they going with this? And that's where we pick up in the game I was playing early on, which is Mortal Kombat 1. Instead of going to 12, they just pivoted and just went, we're just going to reboot the whole thing. But in the same timeline, like Liu Kang has just recreated the world, the mythology again. So just starting off again. And it's uh, very, very trippy. And yeah, I'm looking forward to finishing that game. And I'm looking forward to another 30 years of this crazy fucking shit. It's just fantastic. Do you have any memories of any of those games? Did you you didn't play any of the recent ones? I, I played. I dipped my toe in and out. I played a few with you, definitely. I think around Mortal Kombat Four. I think I kind of was the last one I played to you know to a very heavy degree. I dropped out of playing it. I, I guess I wasn't really playing a lot of fighting games over the years. Even the different Street Fighters, I dipped my toe here and there. But I, I I hadn't gone out and bought specifically bought some like if it was on a PlayStation Store thing or if it's someone else was playing it and I'm over in their place I'll play. But I did, I haven't actually bought one like whereas you know yourself you're probably getting them on the day of release. For me, not so much. Like I wouldn't really have any interest in playing. The only way I'd actually have any interest in playing Mortal Kombat One is just to see how bad the Switch version is. Because I've seen, I've seen the screenshots. I've seen <laughs> oh, the cuts man. from how bad it looks. I, re- I just want to play it. I just really wanted to play it. Yeah, just out of just <laughs> out of interest. I'd never be know I think I'd bother playing it. But I just, I get so little time to game that when I do, it's kind of I want to play the kind of genres that I really enjoy. And as much as as I love the lore and I think they're cool, um, they're just not top top of the uh, priority list for me. But I have to say, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I really enjoyed your recap there because I know how passionate you are about these games. You know, generally you're hyping them up and telling me all about them. I know how much you love them. So it's uh, it's great to hear you talk so fondly about them. And I wonder how just how much was charged to your mom's credit card when you ordered this <laughs> back in the 90s because ordering shit from the States and all the rest of it, import charges and all the rest of it. Like, just the fact that it even arrived is a miracle. Ah, absolutely. Like, just um, thank you, mom, for trusting in me. <laughs> with your credit card details (laughs) so yeah on that note i think we'll wrap up episode eight of middle-aged geeks so do please give the podcast a like or a view if you feel like it and if you have any suggestions on this topic or future topics for us to tackle or if you want to just let us know what you're playing or what we got wrong or right in this episode please do email us in at middleagegeeks at yahoo.com and phil leave any closing comments no just echo what you said thanks to everybody for your con- uh, continued support it's great it's been great to get the feedback um you know if, as i said you can you can get that said you can get us an email address you can get us through Send us private messages on social media. You know, we're on Facebook and, and Instagram so far. I think maybe in the new year, we might go on to, to YouTube or, or TikTok or whatever once we're brave enough to have our, have our, have our ugly faces out there. But no, just just, uh, just echo what you said. Th- thanks a million to everybody for your continued support. And we're really enjoying the, the journey that this is, where this has taken us so far. Super. Okay, so from me, Daz, and from Phil, thanks for listening and have a super week. Mortal Kombat! <laughs> We should fucking play it. We laughed over that music at the end. Fucking crack. Yeah.